Hey there, this is Andrew, and I'm going to walk through another of the Unchained decks that I got to open at Keyforge Celebration in Minnesota. So uh, this one is called Comet Halvor Cairn Thinker, and uh, it's been interesting hearing, you know, I hear people talking about uh, on some other podcasts and whatnot, talking about numbers of Mavericks, and I had a pretty huge range, so this deck has... Uh, you're going to see two Mavericks and one Anomaly in it. But I saw decks that had like eight Mavericks. I mean, it, it can be quite a lot. So the the range is pretty wide. Okay, so this deck has Cultist as the token. And if you see a deck with Cultist as the token, you know that it's going to come with a copy of Tengeka. That's the rare creature that causes you to get the Cultist as the token. And it also comes with a an artifact that provides some support because they reworked uh, Tangaika and Cultist based on playtesting results from uh, before before Keyforge Celebration. So anyway, uh, Cultist is a two power Aquan that says action destroy Cultist if you do ward a friendly creature. <clears throat> All right, let's start with Sanctum, actually. We'll get around to the fish. Uh, Spirit's Way is a... It, it, it's an old card. <laughs> it comes from Coda. Uh, I think it's still in Winds of Exchange, though, actually. Uh, oh, maybe not, because this has the Coda icon. So it's very confusing playing Winds of Exchange and Unchained uh, and trying to figure out what... Uh, what's new in Winds of Exchange. Lots of mixed up memories, uh, but very fun. Okay, Mantle of the Zealot is an upgrade that says this creature gains, you may use this creature as if it belonged to the active house. That's a very nice effect, especially if you have a strong creature. Merrick the Marked is a five power spirit knight with one armor. After uh, it prevents damage with its armor, it captures one for each damage that was just prevented. That's an AOA card. Uh, Eye of Judgment is also originally an AOA card. It's an artifact with an amber. It is an item. And it says, action, purge a creature from a discard pile. This is an interesting one to see with um, like tokens and stuff going on. Because sometimes you see a, a card end up in the discard pile with ever, without ever actually being played. Um, very interesting. So uh, there are actually two of these, and I had a funny uh, matchup with Dave Cordero, where he also had one of these and graciously gifted it to me with uh, Anahita the Traitor. So that was that was pretty silly. I had three of those going. The Red Baron is it's an anomaly, uh, and of course it first showed up as an anomaly in Worlds Collide, but here it actually has some different text. And I don't know if this means that it can show up as an anomaly in Winds of Exchange necessarily, but it does have, uh, it, it has changed what it does. So uh, it's a four power cyborg pirate with one armor, uh, the Red Baron is. Was it a pirate, but was it a cyborg before? I actually need to check that. Hmm. <clears throat> It was. It was a cyborg pirate. And the old text said, while your red key is forged, <clears throat> the red baron gains reap steel one. It still has that exact text. But then the old text said, 
while no really while your opponent's red key is forged the red baron gains elusive really it hasn't changed oh uh oh false memories here wow okay well uh retcon universe confirmed all right didn't change still interesting forget i said anything okay uh i i don't i don't uh, have enough ability to get embarrassed to cut that so you get to enjoy it all right lightsmith clariel is back from dark tidings it's a five power angel with two armor before fight you may switch its power and armor for the remainder of the turn by the way interestingly uh i don't think there are any cards in uh that i've seen in unchained decks that reference the tide so um, really seems like the tide is cut. We're going to pretend that never happened uh, for the most part. Heal or harm is an action. When you play it, you choose to either fully heal a creature and gain an amber or ready and fight with a friendly creature. That's a nice card. Taxing journey is an action with an amber. Oh, by the way, I just want to say heal or harm, you know, compared to the other choose one cards from Dark Tidings that lost their pip. I think this is actually not so bad because... If you <clears throat> end up using the ready and fight, that's about equivalent to inspiration. Uh, whereas fully heal, you gain an amber. So you can't use take advantage of a reap ability, but you can still get the amber. So I actually think this is one of the better, one of the less nerfed cards in that uh, genre. <coughs> Excuse me, in that genre. All right. Taxing Journey is an action with an amber. It says a friendly creature captures one, and each of its neighbors that shares a house with it also captures one. Here's a new card from Winds of Exchange. It's a it's membership drive. When you play it, it's an action. When you play it, you make a token creature and you gain one for each friendly token creature. And if you have a board that's going sideways, this is this can be really strong amber generation. And I like it because it fits in well with the general sanctum ethos of of having bursty amber generation based on board state. Uh, okay, Grey Abbas is a three-power human monk with one armor. When you play her, you make a token creature, and each, uh, as on a constant basis, each friendly token creature gets plus one armor. Um, this can be hard to remember, but it, it does make for some interesting uh, scenarios. The Grey Rider is a two-power human monk with deploy, and play after fight, after reap, you may ready and fight with a neighboring creature. Love to see gray rider any time any day okay now we have general sherman and uh general sherman is a weird enough card that um i don't know if there is an faq entry i think there actually is um but uh ghost galaxy have definitely issued a, a at least temporary ruling about how this works it all makes sense but anyway um General Sherman is a 10 power beast uh, that deals no damage when fighting. But when you play General Sherman, you purge each other creature. And of course, that's now potentially going to include token creatures. So you purge each other creature. If General Sherman leaves play, return to play each creature purged this way, exhausted and under its owner's control. So 
that it's an obvious question how do how does this interact with tokens well the way it interacts with tokens is that the actual card itself is purged so uh if you have you know a wild wormhole that was played as a token creature it is going to get purged and it gets purged as wild wormhole so now everybody gets to see what it is and when it leaves play uh or when general sherman leaves play that wild wormhole it can't come back as a creature so where is it already it's already purged so it's going to stay purged on the other hand if you had gray rider as a token and it gets purged uh, by general sherman when general sherman leaves play the gray rider is going to come into play as gray rider instead of as a token exhausted and under its owner's control so once again uh creatures that get purged by general sherman come back out as creatures if they were a token creature they come out as the the actual creature printed on the card uh cards that are not creatures get uh they, they just stay purged when general sherman leaves play all right spark fist is a two power aquan with skirmish and after fight stun and exhaust the creature spark fist fights that's a nice card wikulia is a three power beast that says after reap keys, uh, keys cost plus two during your opponent's next turn. All right, Primordial Vault is the artifact that I mentioned comes with Tengaika and Cultist. It's an artifact, it's a location, and it says at the start of your turn, make a Cultist. Um, so this is very nice. You're just making one token, one uh, Cultist per turn automatically. It has action, destroy four cultist creatures. If you do, search your deck and discard pile for Tangaika, reveal it and add it to your hand and shuffle your deck. So um, now spending four cultists to bring Tangaika out actually is quite expensive because you need four in play to play Tangaika. So you have to have eight, sacrifice four of them, and then you can have a Tangaika come into play um, or you just draw it. But uh, it helps a lot that it is making one at the start of every turn. All right, Corrode is uh, back from Dark Tidings into Winds of Exchange. It's a fantastic card. It is an action with an amber that says play, choose one, either destroy an artifact, destroy an upgrade, or destroy a creature with armor. It is a really good card. <clears throat> Allusions of Grandeur is back. It's an action with an amber that says... Uh, Play, choose a house on your opponent's identity card. If your opponent does not choose that house as their active house on their next turn, you gain three amber. Uh, Sybil Waymare, this is going to be some strong control, I think. It's a five power Aquan that says at the start of your opponent's turn, that player discards the top card of their deck and exhausts each creature of that card's house. And I think <clears throat> this is shaping up really nicely into the new uh, sort of brand of unfathomable disruption and control uh getting to discard the top card of your opponent's uh, deck at the start of every one of their turns and then exhaust a whole house um, obviously you don't control which house or what card gets discarded but it's a really it's a really strong effect um, now it's five power obviously it can get destroyed but it's not super easy to destroy so um has some staying power i think i think it's a really powerful card i like it okay here is the fabled tengaika it's uh remember this is what primordial vault and the cultists are all trying to do is bring out tengaika and it is a 25 power beast 
Uh, I think that is the highest printed power in the game so far. Um, you know, Effigy uh, can come out at 100, but that is not printed as 100. So this is the highest printed power, 25. And uh, it has two Amber Pips on it as well. And you can't play it unless you control four or more Cultists. So again, if you're using the Primordial Vault to bring Tengaika into your hand, you probably want at that point have eight Cultists total. So you're spending four of them to get the Tengaika to your hand, but you still have four to be able to play it. Uh, it has Splash Attack 5, <clears throat> which is very strong, and after it fights, you gain an Amber. It's really good. Alright, Flounderite is a 3-power Aquan with Destroyed, Destroy the Creature on your opponent's right flank. That would be to their right. Um, and it always comes with a Celeft, which one is the, the actual uncommon card is Celeft, but it'll, I believe, always come with a Flounderite. So Celeft is a three-power Aquan as well. It's it says destroyed, destroy the creature on your opponent's left flank. Um, and yeah, these are fun little cards. Then we have Watch Your Step. Watch Your Step is an action with an amber. Uh, it works similarly to Allusions of Grandeur. When you play it, you choose the house on your opponent's identity card. And then if they don't choose that house as their active house during their next turn, Illusions of Grandeur gives you three amber. This uh, Watcher Step makes two token creatures and readies them. So interesting that make two token creatures and ready them is, is being treated as the same value as three amber. Um, but there it is. And now we have another new card from Winds of Exchange, Yanthi Ghostfin. It's a three-power Auckland with Elusive. After it reaps, you purge a creature from a discard pile, and if you do, you make a token creature. And uh, this was also nice to have with the Tangaika, a good support to keep printing tokens and stake, uh, have some chance of bringing it out. Um, now, of course, Untamed isn't going to help at all unless we get some Mavericks or something, uh, because uh, Untamed does not have any token generation naturally. Okay, so uh, we'll start off with a couple of Mavericks, both from Logos. The first is Psychic Bug. It's a two-power cyborg insect with an amber printed on it, and after it, you play it or after it reaps, you look at your opponent's hand. That's interesting. Um, then we have Valen Analyst, a two-power cyborg scientist that says after you use an artifact, gain an amber. That's, that can be quite good when you have a, a few artifacts, and we actually do have a few. Then we have two copies of Scout. Scout is an action with an amber that says play for the remainder of the turn. Up to two friendly creatures gain skirmish. Fight with those creatures one at a time. One important thing to note is that Scout doesn't ready those creatures, so you need to, to get the value. You probably want to pick creatures that are ready. Ritual of Balance is an artifact, and it's a power. It has action. If your opponent has six or more amber, steal one. Pose Pixies is some good anti-steal and anti-capture tech. It's a one-power fairy with elusive. And it says the amber that would be stolen or captured from your pool is taken from the common supply instead. Uh, which is, yeah, pretty strong effect. Obviously, it's only a one-power creature, uh, so... Likely your opponent will have a way to kill it before they start stealing or capturing, but still a really interesting effect. Uh, Bramble Lynx is a three-power beast with Skirmish, and it says if you have used a creature to reap this turn, it enters play ready. 
And then we have the fittest, an action with an amber that gives each friendly creature a plus one power counter. Kind of weird putting plus one power counters on tokens, but that's the, the right thing to do <clears throat> if you have tokens out and you play the fittest. Then Pismire, uh, I mentioned this in another video, it's a little bit of a letdown in Unchained because you're not going to get a lot of mutants, uh, but it's a four power mutant, and it says, while there are more friendly mutant creatures than enemy mutant creatures, your opponent's keys cost plus two. Of course, if you're playing Unchained, your opponent also probably doesn't have a lot of mutants. Amberfin Shark is a three power beast. When you play it, you give it three plus one power counters. And at the end of your turn, you remove a plus one power counter from the shark. And if you do, each player gains one. Uh, but if you hit it with Ambermancy, you can just play the Ambermancy right away, get the Amber printed on Ambermancy, and then remove up to three plus one power counters from a creature like Amberfin Shark and gain one Amber for each creature, for each counter removed this way. So that turns into a, you play these two cards, you have four Amber uh, and a three power creature. So not, not bad if you draw those together. And then lastly, we have Thin the Herd. It's an action with an Amber that says, play, shuffle the four least powerful creatures into their owner's decks. Um, so yeah, overall, this was, this was kind of a fun one. Uh, getting the extra Mavericks was cool. Just having stuff mixed up between, uh, sets is pretty cool. Um, although I don't, th this deck didn't seem, you know, overpowered in any way, but it was fun and interesting and, um, and I liked it. So anyway, that was Comet Halvor Cairn Thinker. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and that you'll get out there and forge some keys.